And welcome back, guys. Thank you so much for being here for our podcast recording for the third official main episode recording, whatever you want to call it. Thank you for being here for that. We will now begin our portion of the show where we answer viewer questions. The first being one from Jason, and his question is, it's three parts. Did Ahsoka finish her Jedi training, and did she finish it on her own, or did she find a new master after Anakin? No, she did not finish it. Uh, she did not find a new master, and don't want to give spoilers for the Ahsoka show. Please don't. But... <laughs> she confirms that she didn't finish it yeah that was about where my uh answer would have aligned at the uh, next question also adjacent question is can tie fighters fly backwards the answer to that one is no i know that one for a fact it's because of, no. yeah the the way that the uh the twin ion engines are aligned on the actual pod itself it can only propel forward you don't almost ever see any ship fly backwards that is because star wars space flight is based off of world war ii dogfighting and naval combat so world war ii planes only go forward and star wars ships only go forward you'll notice that when they turn off their engines they slow down in space which doesn't make sense space-wise but it does if you're basing it off of world war ii dogfighting and planes and whatnot they can't go strafing left, right, or um, even downwards. They they really have to fly forward pretty much always, uh, no matter what they do, and tilt their ship, uh, yaw and pitch, in order to get their movement rolling to turn like a actual fighter jet would. Okay. The next question that we have is from uh, Dorvac on Twitch. Can Darth Vader do the gritty? Absolutely not. Not with those mechanical prosthetic legs. He can't. There's not no... with those joints. <laughs> There's no way in hell. All right, let's see. Milk Pony asks, which of the characters would be furries, cat boys, slash cat girls? The Catars. The Cathars are just like there's... actually cat people. <laughs> I was going to say there's actual cat people. So them. And then I guess, um, not Dantweenians. You remember the, the, okay. The hut, the huts didn't protect them fast enough. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, but no. What planet was that? There's so many, there's so many planets, man. I know it's in that area though. Is I could have sworn it the was Clatoonians? the Clatoonians. Clatooine. That's what it is. They're the dog people. I knew it was one of the tweens. Yeah. It's, it's, it's they're... Clatoonians. They're the dog people. Yeah, th those are the dudes we see in um, Mandalorian. We see quite a few of them. In I could not think. I knew it was a tween, but I couldn't remember which tween it was. <laughs> okay, so next up, Dorvac has another one. What would be the closest equivalent to American rednecks? Uh, Weequays? I feel like Weequays are the... <laughs> like, <laughs> Honda... So mean. I mean, but it's true though, right? Like... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it's got to be the weak ways. You know what? I'll I'll let you have that one. I'm not even gonna <laughs> argue that one. <laughs> like I'm trying to think of who else it would be if not the weak ways. Like because they literally just drive around in their space trucks, shooting in the air, getting drunk. Like it's pretty They're American like the, redneck. The typical like pirate uh, species. Yeah. Oh, so we're equating American rednecks with pirates now, huh? Well, okay. Space truckers <laughs> that shoot their lasers around and get drunk are typically the ones that are the okay, pirates true, and smokers in Star true, Wars. True, true. Okay. So yeah. So yeah, we quays. We quays are definitely the American rednecks. Let's see. Yeah. The whole rebel faction would be equivalent to NA red. I don't know about that one. I feel like... The rebel, like the whole rebel faction. The eh. rebel faction was a stand-in for the Vietnamese during the Vietnam War. Was it? I'm yes. pretty sure yes. that he's 100%. on record saying it is. 
Yes. Oh. Huh. It's like the Empire is meant to be the the U.S. or the the Allies. Yes. I think it's yes. part that, and then it's part the United States fighting Britain in the Revolutionary War too. But definitely the the Vietnamese uh, were meant to be the rebels, and the U.S. was the Empire because that was the same time period that the original movies were released. It was meant to be political. Well, I actually didn't know that. So you learn something new every day. All right. So Dorvac says, aside from ship combat and the dogfighting mechanics you spoke on, are there any aspects of combat that were inspired by real battles like naval battles or maybe World War II ground battles? Geonosis makes me think of D-Day a bit. So uh, I'm going to leave that one to y'all because I actually have no clue about that one. So the, the Battle of Coruscant where Grievous quote unquote captures Palpatine, that will give you a great example of how it is based off of naval combat in capital ship warfare uh, the ships pull up next to each other side by side release broadside salve they don't do really much z-axis maneuvering it's very much pull up next to your your enemy release all your your missiles like cannon warfare back in like the more uh revolutionary time like sailing ship not necessarily uh warships that we have nowadays definitely based off of that and you'll notice that the amount of light fighters that they bring to battles for instance, the Imperial Star Destroyers have hundreds of TIE Fighters each is because the Star Destroyers are meant to represent like aircraft carriers where you need the light fighters or you need the dogfighting mechanics of your, your aircraft to protect the main ship from enemy fire. It's not it's very vulnerable to attacks from aircraft coming in close. That's how it's kind of based off of naval and aircraft combat from world war ii and even nowadays some most of it nowadays though is very far away which is not how they do it in star wars i'm learning about war mama you proud <laughs> i actually had you know no clue about any of that i figured that there was some basis around there so any book written by aaron alston who is i believe he's former air force any maneuver that he talks about in any of his books is I, for a fact based off of actual air force maneuvering so like i know that for a fact um so there's a couple of like han solo moves like oh what's it called the solo the solo sidewinders or the solo something but like they're all based off of like actual air force maneuvering so i, I that's one thing that's cool that's something that he includes into his books all right, so we got another question from Milk Pony, and then Bonk Bonk has a question for us after that, too. So, who is the most evil person in the whole series? Palpatine. Point blank, period. This. That's just my answer. It's, it's Palpatine. He's the he's literally the culmination of evil. Unless you you got someone you got someone eviler, Winchy. Feel like Vader at the height of his Vaderness was more evil than Palpatine. Okay, but who taught Vader? I know who taught Vader, but I think I, but, Vader pulls it off better. I feel like maybe Vader would be more cruel, but I no, not even more cruel. No, no, definitely yes. not. Yes, yes. No, because some Palpatine of this... was slightly worried about his political standing and whatnot. Vader's just like, I don't know. Like he wasn't force choke. Palpatine wasn't worried about his not after not after the fall of the Republic. Maybe before. It's still a little bit. No, because he absolutely did like he openly endorses slavery after the fall of the Republic. Like openly. No way do you care about any kind of appearance if you openly endorse slavery. Fair. In in a in a in a personal aspect, I think Vader was more evil. Like if, what if do you mean somebody got in front aspect? of Vader, if somebody got right in front of Vader and they were in Vader's way, Vader is absolutely gonna be more cruel than Palpatine. But who's gonna get in front of Palpatine? Like how do you get in front of Palpatine? Vader. <laughs> yeah, and Vader gets dogged the f 
out by Palpatine. He does. He does. Almost he does. every time. Like he does. <laughs> so if I, so, I have a question. If you say Vader is the biggest baddest bully, and Palpatine bullies the biggest baddest bully, then does that not automatically make Palpatine worse? No, because IRL a lot of times child bullies or younger bullies are bullies because their parents are mean to them. But typically, the child is way worse than the parent is. The younger bullies, the next generation of bully versus the parent. Annika did see Palpatine as like a father figure for a while. The the younger child is way more creative with their cruelty than the parent is. I <sighs> I guess I see where you're coming from. However, I don't want to give Palpatine the parent role in this. Palpatine is literally just some dude in a white van offering Anakin force cookies. That's not, that's not, that's not a parent. That's a, the, you know what? And, and it's come up before. Someone has asked me like, why does Palpatine dog out Anakin after he becomes Vader? Because like, imagine like you've just been told that you're about to get delivered this absolutely fantastic, beautiful like Lamborghini that's completely decked out and then all of a sudden you get like this i don't know this nissan ultima that had four cruising to get drinks last night slammed it into a pole and now all you got is the body of a car three wheels and half an engine like that i understand why palpatine is pissed off that he doesn't get anakin skywalker anymore that he has darth Vader. i'd be pretty mad too it's just that's just how it is an iron coffin yeah that was uh that was iron maiden you iron maiden him until he fixes it himself and he never does he never does in canon he does now there's the the comics oh really fader comics he does yeah he does fix his suit at least oh well he fixes his suit in legends too but he's his real thing was like the, the only thing that i can think of that he really focused on as far as that in legends is that like he tries to extend his period without the suit like it's it starts as a couple of seconds but then like before he dies he's able to like be without his suit for i think like three minutes or something like that so i think in the new comics uh, about the darth vader comics palpatine beats him up so badly that he has to fully almost fully rebuild the suit and he builds it way better and removes like the the purposely pain inflicting portions of it yeah see that wasn't right there that wasn't darth vader that was anakin skywalker fixing that suit it was <laughs> all right bonk bonk you had a question for us go ahead going back to the what we were talking about like the beginning of the episode the Beskar armor I want to know like the significance of that and why it was being used when talking about the Shatterpoint god you're about to make Hunter talk for about six hours all right go ahead so. I can see the smile I can see the smile on your face <laughs> So, Beskar metal is a metal that's native to the planet of Mandalore. Uh, it's what the Mandalorians build most of their armor out of, and even some of their ships. The metal is one of the strongest materials in the galaxy, if not the strongest. There's a few other metals that are similar, have similar properties, but Beskar is the most famous. It is capable of blocking lightsabers, all lightsaber attacks. It's capable of blocking blasters. Sometimes, depending on the makeup of it, I mean, it can block lasers from sh ships and whatnot. It is very, very strong. So a Sith Lord, Cadus or Darth Cadus, walking up to a Mandalorian and tapping his armor with the butt of his lightsaber, like just a, a nice little, you know, very uh, light tap. And the entire armor shattering is very big because the Mandalorian armor is built and basically based so that they can fight and kill Jedi. It's, it's meant to work against them and Cadus just said nope gone no more armor so that's pretty crazy that's why Shatterpoint's so f***ing busted the strongest metal in the entire galaxy does not stand a goddamn chance also speaking of on the topic of Beskar this other question was asked earlier it was asked outside of Twitch chat by one of my friends Sol and 
on. And the entire thing is given how much safer it might be for a youngling to use something like a Beskar stick instead of a lightsaber in training against lightsabers, why would the Jedi jump straight into giving small children sabers and did they just not give any f**ks about people losing limbs? Like live weapons gonna live weapon, untrained kids wouldn't have the degree of finesse and experience Jedi does. Are they really just banking on force sensitivity doing the heavy work and like not accidentally chopping heads? So to answer that question, at least I know it's addressed in the Legends timeline. I don't know how well it's addressed in the Canon timeline, but there's specific training sabers that are made that simulate a lightsaber, use a sort of energy plasma as the blade. However, they only stun or zap. They don't cut. So that's what a lot of the training, you know, the, the Padawans use. However, usually by the time these Padawans reach anywhere between the ages of 12 and 17, they are instructed in the way of building a lightsaber, which you would think that at that time, you might want to wait a little bit longer. But yes, because the part of your question at the end says, are they really just banking on force sensitivity doing the heavy work? And the answer to that question is, indeed yes because your lightsaber is an extension of your being of who you are of your connection and intimacy with the force therefore if the force is not there the connection is not there you shouldn't have a lightsaber and that kind of thing is is sort of like you know hinted at in the training with the training sabers before the Jedi master or the Jedi Knight in question training the Padawans instructs them to start the construction. Like it is guided through the force both for the answer on if it's time for them to make their saber and as well as if the person making the saber is ready for the saber and does their master know that. So to answer your question, it would be safer to give them a Beskar stick, but there are safeguards in place to not have children training off the bat with lightsabers. Yeah, a Beskar stick would be much heavier than a lightsaber, and it would be weighted differently. So training on a Beskar stick would uh, definitely affect how they would learn to use a saber of any kind. So it's better to just give them the lightsaber. Lightsabers are very light to a sense. We see like the dark saber has simulated heaviness through the force uh, but typically lightsabers are not weighted all right the next question that we have i kind of want to answer this one just because i i like the question and episode five is my favorite movie so jason asks how did they get the ATATs on hoth in the battle of hoth did they have to land a capital ship on the planet no believe it or not they just launched them from the star destroyer they just like kind of capsule them out and then they land on the planet now retrieval is a bitch and a half but no they literally launched them from space they just kind of crash into the planet and get up that's basically it they dropped the, the they dropped the attes in the clone wars using the lottie gunships which is a little safer than just dropping a giant walker with vulnerable joints from space uh, but yeah they still they, they wouldn't bring the capital ship and land it they do not do that Okay, and then we've got a few more questions. Uh, so this one is, uh, what would the many different creatures taste like if I barbecued them? Probably like space meat. I actually really don't don't know the uh, the answer to that question because I've never eaten anything from Star Wars. Could you barbecue Jabba the Hutt? It would be absolutely disgusting, but yes, you could. <laughs>
Well, I think like banthas would be, or like nerf nerfs would be like cows, right? Yes, nerfs nerfs because they eat nerf steaks all the time. So I guess that would be beef. Yeah, I feel like Chewbacca. I don't know would about taste like, like the pork. people. Wait, you feel like Chewbacca would taste like what? <laughs> pork. Pork. Hey, hey, hey! Don't talk about my homie Chewbacca like that. All right, don't don't ever disrespect him. He obviously tastes like lamb. All right. He tastes like musk ox. I would believe ox also. Chewbacca tastes like oxtails. Confirmed. <laughs> I I I can hear Brick Threepy over there licking his lips, his droid lips. He's like mm, oxtails. <laughs> Let's see. But to to answer your second point to the question about the ATATs, Jason, is wouldn't they burn up in the atmosphere or get destroyed when they land? No. They have specific like casings meant for them to be deployed in such a manner. Not only that, but the the shield plating that they have protects them from the heat at least until they they break atmosphere and then they they're released from the capsule that they're launched in so they're usually pretty protected basilisk war droids as an example basilisk war droids as an example uh, i think we only got one more question left and that is how would combat differ or would there be drastically different outcomes in battle if combat was based off of modern combat well don't we know that combat is kind of based off of modern combat it's not really though but like it's based off of similar things right think about mandalorian fighting right like a lot of what they described in the books is very similar to like mma meets muay thai like just kind of how they fight you don't think that it has some basis in that mma is well muay thai. oh well yeah so like look at the clone wars that mm -hmm. was like almost revolutionary war style combat just drop your your whole regiment like in a square and march them across a field and have them shoot at the guys at the other side with your big cannons and whatnot the rebels fight more like the guerrilla warfare but i mean like last 30 years plus modern combat no way they, they wouldn't fight i mean i would still could be drastically different I would still consider guerrilla warfare semi-modern because you got to think in, in our in our history, what, that's like 400 years or so. I mean, th this galaxy has been, we, we know for a fact they've been in conflict for 25,000 back before Jedi actually had lightsabers and still used real swords. So like, I feel like when you compare the 300 years to 25,000 years, like, I, I guess that, I mean, I don't know, but I would still consider guerrilla warfare fairly modern, no? I'm, I'm thinking of, like, the, the stuff I've seen of the Ukraine-Russia conflict. If they fought more like what I've seen of the Ukrainian fighters doing uh, in Star Wars, like, you wouldn't ever even see the enemy. Like, half of it is drone, and then some of it is trench warfare, but, like, a lot of it is, it's very different. So, I, I guess to answer his question, then it would be yes. Well, his question was, how would combat differ, or would there be a drastic different outcome in battles if combat was based on modern combat well okay what would your answer be the empire would have stomped the rebellion if they fought more like modern combat wise absolutely bonk bonk thoughts no nah, i don't got thoughts you don't you just no no thoughts head empty yep oh okay uh i guess thinking about it like that yeah most of the major fights like okay in that in that sense the empire would have never lost to the rebellion but the First Order would have never beat the New Republic either. But the New Republic didn't fight. They didn't even have capital ships and whatnot anymore. They decommissioned most of their stuff. So, I mean, That's... the new the First Order would have rolled over the You think the so? Republic. But, like, with time and resources, I still feel like there's no way that they would be able to match. If it no, was, mod if it was the... modern fighting... Like if, like I'm saying, like if you, if right now you slapped down the first order as a country on this world and 
you slap down the new republic as a country on this world who would win and i still think it would be the new republic because like the new republic would be the size of like all of north america and then the first order would be like the size of the Australia. first order the first order clicks the nuke button before they do anything else your your new republic country in, in the world is gone no one nuke doesn't take out north america but if north no, america they would click the nuke button the one that sends all the nukes. oh okay okay all right all right fine i'll, I'll concede on that point Point then <laughs> the the first order has a giant laser that they click the button and it blows up five entire planets just as a show of power they absolutely just wreck shop and the new republic they have no weaponry capabilities to to combat that okay fine fine you you win this round i agree with that they definitely do hit the release all nukes button i think that's all of the questions we actually had we actually got through all of them this time Oh, well, Jason did ask, are you winning, son? And uh, today, absolutely. Me and Hunter agreed on, like, a, quite a few of the points today. I was actually kind of shocked. I wasn't. I, I, I thought that's about how it was going to go. Man, I wanted to get in, into some more Alana Solo Chosen One types of fights. <laughs> you didn't give me enough opportunities. The only one you gave was <clears throat> who gets more, uh, who gets more poon. <laughs> so what was I supposed to say? Hey, that was it's not obvious. my question. That was that was Bonk Bonk's question, okay? <laughs> that was not me. All right, everyone. Well, that has been our show for today. Thank you all so much for tuning in to the recording of The Force Unscripted. That has been our show, everyone. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and we will catch you guys on the next episode. 